Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. I think we should start by just taking a moment to anchor into the body. So wherever you are right now, if you want to take a moment just to close the eyes. I am sitting on a little corner of my couch, all snuggled up with a cup of tea right now. But wherever you are, right, just finding a place to sit, giving yourself a moment to tune in to close the eyes to get comfortable and to notice what's present within you right now so the moment you have your eyes closed if you want if it helps you can place a hand to the heart a hand to the belly and just make that physical connection with yourself it's a good place to begin and sometimes you know if it's been a while since you sat down closed your eyes and tuned into your own self to your own being Sometimes we get met with this wave of emotion right away. I find for me that's usually the case. If I haven't done a check-in with myself in a while, I close my eyes and I get really present in my own body. Sometimes it makes me emotional right away. Other times I do that and I feel a little bit disconnected. Yeah, maybe a little bit numb, like I, I've been away for a while, perhaps. You know that feeling when we're living in the mind or we've been stuck in this narrative for a long time or just we haven't felt safe enough or had the space to really tune in and really be in the body, then it can take a moment, right, to actually get there and to feel that. So wherever you are, if you're sensing a lot of emotion right now or if you're feeling a bit disconnected, notice that. And most important of all, see if you can notice that with kindness, toward yourself without all these expectations or judgments or what's good what's bad what's right or wrong just notice you know that's a big practice in itself noticing when we are disconnected noticing when we feel numb just to do that little moment of oh okay i'm not feeling a lot right now or i'm having a hard time connecting to myself right now okay notice that give space to that acknowledge that i remember that feeling numb is feeling something and if you're feeling a lot in this moment take a moment just to discern a little bit if you can put a word to the feeling yeah what does it feel like to be here and instead of labeling it as good or bad see if you can go a little bit deeper than that are you feeling vulnerable right now? Are you feeling overwhelmed? Are you tired? Are you excited? Are you feeling energized? Grateful? What's there? Just check in. Maybe sad, yeah? Angry? Just notice what's there. Discern a little bit between all of this 
all of this that you have moving inside of you right now so you can land with what's most present now. And then from there, see if you can track that in the body for just a moment. So notice in your physical body here now, where can you sense something? And that something can be just a little tingle somewhere in the body. It can be a little bit of warmth or a sensation of, of coolness somewhere as well. Where in the body are you experiencing this feeling? For me right now, if I get really quiet and just really tune in, I can sense this coolness at the bottom of my belly, just something very calm there. And at the same time, I can sense a little bit of, I don't want to say anxiety because it's not that bad, but just a little bit of unsettling, something unsettled across my heart. So as you check in for yourself, know it's absolutely possible to feel many things at once, to feel contrasting things at once. And also if we are in a state of overwhelm, right, to feel so much that it's hard to distinguish between all of it. So wherever you are at right now, whatever life has brought you today in this moment, with kindness, dwell in that place. With kindness, let yourself dwell in this place. And take a few breaths right here. I feel we are so conditioned in this society to constantly move away to get to the next place, to shift to the next moment, to change that emotion, to feel better, to, you know, to move ahead all the time. And it's a really good practice, especially in a year like this year, to have these moments where we practice holding space for what's here, where we practice just being with ourselves noticing what's moving inside of ourselves and holding space for all of it, even when it's uncomfortable, even when we feel numb, even when it's hard. So in this, this moment here now, just notice that even if you're going through something challenging right now, that there's beauty here as well. There's something absolutely beautiful and so precious about you sitting down with eyes closed, tuned into your own body. Even if this is the five minutes a day, you know, that you're really here. What a gift. What a gift. So let's take one more deep, full, long breath in. Open the mouth. And exhale all of it out. You can blink your eyes back open. Hi. <laughs> Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned and you'll be left feeling silky, soft and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with their signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. 
Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Now I got to come right off the bat and just say that this is my fifth try recording this podcast. I had several attempts sitting down recording yesterday. I even had like a 30 minute recording where all of a sudden I found myself just turning the microphone off and walking away because I, I am having a very, very hard time speaking from the heart which is something that's never happened to me before. The name of this podcast literally is From the Heart. And if you've you've listened along for a while, you know that storytelling and talking about life and sharing how I'm feeling, it's literally the most easy, natural thing for me. It's, It's literally what I do for a living. And somehow, just with the events of these past couple of weeks, I I seem to have lost that ability. I don't know exactly what's going on. Uh, I think I need to sit with it and process it a little bit more. So just beginning by saying thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, I appreciate you. I know there's a million podcasts out there that you could be listening to right now and you're still here. So thank you for that. And um, we'll see about my my ability to speak today. And if I, if I can't, I have collected a ton of questions from Instagram. So this show might turn into a little bit of a Q&A. Okay, so that's the that's the plan, at least. So speaking from the heart, I guess, or trying to speak from the heart, how how am I doing? <laughs> I I don't know. So if you haven't heard the last two podcasts or if you haven't kind of been tuned in over the past few weeks, so I had this really heavy, challenging thing happen where I said something stupid on, on social media and received an unbelievable amount of, of hate and harassment from the, the people who live here locally where I am. And I decided for this week, you know, I, I don't want to have another podcast talking about this. I feel really done having this conversation and, and digging it back up and going over and over everything in my head. And I just, I would love for this week's show to be a really inspirational and exciting and fun and uplifting and and then I sat down to try and record yesterday, and it's just not how I feel. So if there's something that I really know about myself, it's that I can't fake it. I cannot pretend. I, I just I just can't. And at the same time, I think I've arrived at this place where in my mind, I'm very ready to let this go, to move on. But my my heart just hasn't caught up to that. It's just not reality yet. So I, in terms of, of my, I guess, emotional state, it's really up and down. I have some days where I feel really grounded and really solid. And then I have some days where inexplicably, uh, or just it feels like it's out of the blue, I just get really, really, really sad. And I have a whole day unable to turn that feeling around. I have been slowly returning to social media. I was away from social media for a long time. I think the, yeah, I've had social media breaks before, obviously, but this one felt, it felt involuntary. Like I just couldn't be present online. And then I didn't want to return, right? So I've been slowly coming back little by little just to see kind of how, how it feels, right? Does it feel good? Does it not? And I don't have a verdict for that just yet. I've had a few moments where I felt really excited and inspired to share something. And then I've had other moments where just I, 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 I wasn't able to. Um, I've noticed something pretty bad or, or negative inside of myself that I that I would love to shift and change, but I, I don't know how. And that is, I seem to have lost my ability to deal with any kind of criticism. And this is like a ridiculous thing. I mean, obviously, you know, like as adults, we have to be able to navigate the world, able to deal with, with people not agreeing with us or, or getting criticized for whatever. And especially if, if we're going to have some sort of presence on social media or in the online world. Um, it's just a must. There's no way. It's, I, I'm going to go ahead and say it's just a fact. It's impossible to spend time online and not be able to process and digest and, and you know, move away from, from criticism or negativity because it's always going to be there, right? It's always going to be there. And I've been online for, for eight years. I don't, since 2012, I started my Instagram account. 
Before that, I didn't even have a I didn't even have a phone. I was the last one in my group of friends to get a smartphone. I, I you know I kind of went from from zero to everything in terms of in terms of my online presence. But I never had a problem with that before. You know, I've been able to to read negativity or comments or people who don't like me or who don't agree, and and it's not the end of the world. Whereas now. I think what's really shifted on a, on a deep level is I've lost my sense of, of safety. I think that feeling of, of being safe to speak my mind or feeling safe to, to just be the way I am. I've lost that, which me, makes it very, very, very hard to sit here and record a podcast called From the Heart, right? Because I feel like I have to monitor myself or I, I catch myself, you know, saying something and then I pause and go, wait, how is that going to be perceived? And what if, what if I'll get some negative feedback from that? Or that's what happened with this podcast yesterday is every time a sentence came out of my mouth that I objectively thought about and then went, hmm, maybe someone will have a problem with me saying that, you know, even though it's just tiny little things. And then I just couldn't go on. And I found myself just sitting there in silence and lost the flow of speaking and, and eventually turned the whole recording of, of, of not being able to handle criticism. I don't know how to, I don't know what to do with that. I don't know how to navigate that. I don't know how to, how to find my sense of safety again, I guess, in terms of speaking and communicating with the world. So maybe this is a sign that I'm not supposed to do that anymore. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I was talking to Dennis the other day and like just about the fact that, that, that I ended up in this place, you know, I never had an intention to create a social media following, never had an intention to have an online platform. I didn't wake up one morning and, and went, you know, here's what I'm going to do with my life. This is what I want. This is going to be my career. But this was one of those things that just happened. It just, one thing led to the other. And I just went with the flow and said yes to a lot of stuff. And then Suddenly here I am and, and, and the online world is kind of the center of my day and my work. But most people in this world do work that has nothing to do with what other people think of them, right? It has nothing to do with, with being online or with talking to the masses or um, spending all this time on social media. Like majority of people have a regular normal day-to-day -day job where they do their job and then they go home. And I think I've been kind of lost in this and this idea of like, this is it, this is the only thing I do. And, and there's a lot of opportunity that comes along with it. It's a big blessing, of course, to have this platform and to have people listen. And it's, it's beautiful. And mostly I have this feeling of, of amazing community and, and feeling seen and supported and, and like I'm doing, you know, what I'm meant to be doing. But at the same time, perhaps all of this is happening now because the universe wants me to consider another path. Like maybe there's something totally different that I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know. And I feel like these days I have more questions about everything than I do have, than I have answers. And it makes it hard to be the host of a podcast when you can't answer much. <laughs> when I'm just sitting here asking questions. But then again, perhaps a lot of you guys are also sitting in a place in your life where you're filled with questions and and it's nice to hear someone else navigate the same kind of challenges. So I hope that at the end of this, you know, we're, we're kind of on this path together. But I don't know. I kind of lost that feeling. And of course, the pandemic and being isolated, you know, not being physically close to people in, in our day to day. I'm recognizing this as something that's truly challenging. I mean, we're not meant to live our lives online. We're just we're just not. And even the little day-to-day -day interactions that we had with actual human beings and the physical touch that we experienced between all of us, you know, in ways that probably we, we took for granted all the time, like those random hugs from our friends or like a stranger at a cafe, like putting a hand on your shoulder to pass or, you know, looking each other in the eye and smiling when we put our yoga mats down close to each other. All of this is gone, right? All of this connection is gone. Even when we didn't have physical touch, we had connection there. Whereas now, every time I teach a class at Island Yoga, people putting their mats down, there's this sense of, of fear in, in the shala, where people are really, and not everybody, but a lot of people are really concerned about someone accidentally putting their mat one inch too close to their mat because we're supposed to socially distance in, in the studio and 
and you know someone comes in a little late and we have to puzzle the mats together like I have this 15 minutes of playing Tetris uh, in the studio before we start class just to make sure everyone is perfectly spaced out and that we're adhering to the rules and and I can sense this feeling of fear in the room like don't don't come too closely to me you know don't don't put your mat there put your mat over there so and and and, and, and you know that whole energy the fact that we're living with this energy now of don't come too close right stay away and not everyone feels that way first depending on where you are in the world of course as well some things are a little bit different or more easygoing and you know, but it's creating this, this isolation within all of us. We're, 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 you know, physically distancing, but there's also this isolation around our, around our hearts right now, where we are not connecting with each other. And for a lot of us, I think, because we have this ability to connect online and we're so grateful for that. And it, it makes it, you know, I can practice yoga from home. Like I can go to yogagirl.com and roll out my mat with these amazing teachers and practice every day. So it's okay. You know, I'm still doing my yoga, but you know, and, and I can do Zoom classes and I can do all this stuff where, where I can FaceTime with my friends. And, you know, we have so many abilities and opportunities and that's great, right? But it's not the same. And enough time has passed now where we're all kind of, we've, we've almost, we've become used to this as the new normal. We've forgotten the fact that all of this is majorly fucked up. It's not supposed to be this way. And we're beginning to lose sight of just how much we've lost. It's like, it's normal now that we're not hugging each other or that we're keeping our distance between each other. And, and it's not normal at all. And the fact that we're not present with just how much we're losing every day, how much isn't there, that loss of contact, of intimacy, of trust, you know, it's, it's, it's imperative for our mental health, for our well-being. And I can feel that in myself, this sort of yeah, this, this, like trying to replace that, that day-to-day real life intimacy with intimacy online and almost having tricked myself that it's the same and it's not the same. It's not, it's not. And I think for a lot of us, it's like, we have to live through these little heartbreaks every single day. I swear to God, every, every time I walk into Luna Shala at Island Yoga to teach and I see people with that energy, putting their mats down with all this space and, and, you know, it's just, it breaks my heart in a million pieces but I can't, I can't honor that heartbreak, right? I can't sit with the grief of that because it would be too much to bear, right? I wouldn't be able to get through my day. If I had to actually honor and be with every moment of, of, of pain that, that I encounter in my day because of this pandemic that we all encounter in our day, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to move through our day, right? It's like dropping off Leia at her new school. She's going to this new Montessori school. And at the end of the day, I decided that, that, you know, I feel like it's a bigger loss for her to not go, to not have any interaction with any other kids than to go and, and, and wear a mask. So she has, they have a lot of outdoor time where they don't have to wear masks, but for one hour, 45 minutes a day, she's inside doing like Montessori style work with a mask on. And the thought of that breaks my heart. I, I, it's like my whole body, I have a physical, visceral reaction to it. I despise it so much. I can't stand it. So I can't think about it. But like, I know the time of day when she puts on her mask and I know the time of day when she takes it off. And during those hours, I, I just, I walk around with my shoulders pulled up toward my ears, all tense, you know, just knowing, just knowing that, okay, this is what we have to do now, but I hate it. You know, I accept it. I want to do my part to to make this pandemic go away, to keep other people safe. You know, we're, we're playing along, but I hate it. Doesn't mean I have to like it, you know, or celebrate it. No, I, I, I despise it. And every time I drop her off in the morning and she has to bring her mask, we have to wash it every day and she has to bring her mask. It's the last thing she grabs before she runs into school. It breaks my heart. But if I would to, were to sit there and cry about it every day, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to, to get through my day. So I don't. And I know a lot of you listening you have those same moments all throughout the day. If it's um, this being distant from your parents or your grandparents right now or the elderly or anyone who's immunocompromised in your life, having missed out on celebrations this year, like all the birthdays and the graduations and the weddings and the things that, that couldn't happen, which are little things in the big scheme, right? And then that's what we all tell us. It's okay. It's just a birthday or it's just a, but yeah, but it's still something, right? It still hurts. 
And maybe we are all just now becoming so conditioned to the fact that this is just what it is. We have to suck it up and soldier on that it's making us all really rigid and it's making us all, you know, move deeper into fear. And that's why we go to class and put our mats down and we look left and right and, hey, don't come too close. And, you know, it's not just this virus. It's, it's, it's becoming more than that now. It's this energy of fear and tension all around. And <laughs> I know I said I, I would have loved for this week's podcast to be uplifting and inspiring, but <laughs> it's, just, it's just not what's happening in my life in this moment in time. So adding to this, you know, this very specific situation that Dennis and Leia and I went through two weeks ago with, with all of this kind of hate and, and abuse. And, and I, I used to think of myself as this very resilient person, right? I've been through hard things in my life. I know I can do hard things. I know I can make it through unimaginable pain. And I would so love to be here now. It's three weeks later and be like, yeah, but it, it was just online right? What's the big deal? Like no one actually physically harmed us. You know, all of this just took place in this like virtual world where people I don't know wrote things in a virtual place about someone they don't know. But it's just, it's just not, it's just not, it's just more than that, right? It's just, it's kind of like that energy of, of that hate and fear and upset. It still lingers in my day-to-day life. And every day I have, you know, another reason comes up as to why we have to talk about it. Like yesterday we were at the police station for the fifth time over these past past couple of weeks. Dennis actually is really adamant about us filing police reports for, for the worst parts about this, where I'm kind of like, I don't really care. I just want to move on. But he's, he, for him, it's like a very important part of, of him moving on, I think. But then every time we go there, it's like we, I have to recount the story and I have to pull up all these, like it's, it's, nothing is digital here. So everything is just, we have to bring printed papers of all of these comments and the threats and the, and the terrible things. And then I have to go through them one by one, you know? So it's like doing that yesterday, the whole rest of my day, I feel so low. I feel so tired. I feel so pointless, you know, and I would love to get to a place where, no, I don't have to talk about this anymore. I don't want to talk about it anymore, but it just keeps it just keeps coming our way. And last week, right, this was four days ago. So yeah, beginning of this week and the weekend. And I so want this to be coincidental and random and not relating to the events that have transpired here where we live. But we had three dead or near dead animals on our doorstep in three days. The first day we found a poisoned dog right outside our house Unfortunately, that's pretty common here when people want to get rid of their dogs or if there's a neighbor that doesn't like that another neighbor has dogs that are in the street, which a lot of people do here, they'll poison the dog. Like it's, it's so bizarre and absurd and, and horrible, but it's, it's fairly common. So, and this is a dog that we kind of know, like I know this, dog. when we walk the dogs, we, we see him sometimes. And he was lying there foaming at the mouth, his head shaking, quivering, couldn't stand up, like near death. And we were able to bring him to the vet and he spent the whole day on, on fluids and, and actually ended up surviving, which was amazing. And is now our foster dog, which is, which is, which is a fun, exciting <laughs> distraction. And then the next day we woke up and there was a peacock on my doorstep, a dead peacock. And that, that is just the weirdest, the weirdest, weirdest thing. Like, okay, if, if it was a pigeon or like a regular bird, we live in this part of the island where there is a lot of wildlife here. Sometimes we, um, like the dogs will kill like an iguana or a boa or a snake or something like that. But a peacock, and it was on my doorstep, like literally like pressed up against my door. So bizarre, so strange. I, you know, and I told Dennis like, hey, what is this? Is this coincidental? And he was like, yes, for sure. It must have, you know, some animal must have killed it far away. Maybe one of the dogs brought it here. And I was just like, this feels weird, but okay. And the next morning we woke up and there was a dead cat right outside our house. And for me, three animals in three days felt, you know, like not a coincidence. And Dennis is convinced that it's all random and has nothing to do with anything. And, and I would love to be in that place where I just like trust that it's safe to be here, right? That my house is a safe space, that 
this island is a safe space for us. And I just, I don't, and then of course I would just like shrug my shoulders at this, like, wow, this was all crazy and horrible, but it's not related, but I don't feel that way. I feel like this, how can this be coincidental? It's, you know, and if it's not coincidental, if someone actually did that to us to scare us or rattle me or, you know, what else can they do? Right. That feeling. And it's making, you know, it's making it really hard for me to, to get a good night's sleep. It's making it really hard for me to wake up in the morning and put all of this past me and find the silver lining and feel hopeful and move on. Like, mm, it's just, it's just very hard. <laughs> it's just very hard. And I catch myself like, as I'm speaking right now, thinking about, okay, well, think about all the people in the world who have real problems. Like, come on, Rachel. You know, there are people who've, who've lost loved ones to COVID, people who lost their jobs, people who can't feed their kids. There are people suffering from abuse. Like there's war and famine and, you know, racism and another black man just shot in the back in the United States. Like it's just, it, there, there's so much, right? There's so, 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 so much. So why am I sitting here, you know, going over the, this thing that happened to me that doesn't even really matter? right? Why am I still talking about this on, on this show? So it's, it's a really fine thing to balance, I guess, you know, holding space for my own very real feelings about, about this and wanting to let it go and move on. And also, you know, like not minimizing my own, my own experience, which is, which is super hard. And I think that's the whole thing. That's why it's, it's hard for me to speak from the heart now because, this feeling of at any moment someone can take my words and twist them or at any moment I might get this wave of hate again. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it makes it feel like even though this is my own community and I know every single person who listens to this podcast, or I guess 99% of you, you're here because you support me. You're here because you like this show. You're here because you find inspiration in, in my work or because you love to practice with me or you have a, a beautiful, positive, heartfelt reason to be here listening, right? I know that that's the majority, the big majority of everything. But I, I somehow now can't get that 1% that's here for another reason or that's here to to mock me or to hate me or to find something bad in what I'm saying and, 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 and blow it up. I can't, I can't get that 1% of, of people out of my brain. So yeah, <laughs> that's where I am from the heart. I am so hoping that next week I'm feeling inspired and excited again. I was even thinking like, should I just do like a few weeks in a row with an amazing guest and talk about a specific topic and, and not sit here focusing on, on me and my own right? Which in a way would be bypassing what's happening, but also maybe a good distraction. I don't know. I'm trying to trust that I'm going to be able to, to navigate this. And maybe, you know, like all of you guys know that whenever we're on the cusp of a big change for the better, oftentimes that change or the healing that's required before that change can happen, it's not pretty, right? Like, I think we have this glorified idea of, of healing and evolving being this beautiful rainbowy thing where we have epiphany after epiphany and realize all these things about our lives and feel better every day. And that's just, that's not, that's not the case. Like healing is messy and really hard and ugly and brings out all, all of these things that are shameful. And for me, it's like, if I look at the underlying feelings that I've had to really deal with over these past few weeks, I have been sitting with, with guilt with shame, with embarrassment, with humiliation, with all of these things that are really, it really kind of foreign to me, I guess. You know, it's not the kind of emotions that I deal with on my day to day or that I'm, I'm used to sitting with, right? It's like very intense, ugly things that I've had to really face inside of myself. And that question is, you know, if, if they're here now triggered by this outside stuff, then had they always been inside of me? Has there been a part of me that that's felt ashamed, but ha hasn't been able to express it before? You know, what is my relationship with humiliation? Oh, as I said that, a hummingbird, literally, I have a hummingbird hover, hovering right outside my window, just hanging out. <laughs> Hi, little guy. Okay, that felt like a sign. 
I feel like I have to look up the spiritual meaning of hummingbirds. I'm going to do that at the end of this show. <laughs> but that's, you know, I think a way to go about whatever challenging thing that's coming our way is to sit with, okay, what has this triggered inside of me? You know, there's that beautiful Wayne Dyer quote that if you squeeze an orange, orange juice comes out, right? So if someone pressures you and you kind of, you're in, in, in put under this pressured situation and anger comes out, it's because you have anger inside, right? It's not the other person making you angry. Like it's whatever is already inside is coming out. So in my case now, like, okay, has this shame, you know, been inside of me all along for different reasons and different ways? Have I had this fear of not being accepted or not being loved, that feeling of not belonging, like all of these things that probably have been inside of me my whole life are now brought forward in this massively dramatic and horrible, horrible way. But in a sense, it's also this gift of, okay, like there's this shadow side of me now that I get to deal with. I can choose to numb myself and look the other way and put on a big smile and, you know, welcome to the Yoga Girl podcast. Everything is awesome. <laughs> or I can be honest and truthful and sit with what is here. And I think that's what this is. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. I wanted to share a, a couple, of, couple of practices that I have been really immersed in over the past few weeks. So I did this little um, Q&A on Instagram and a, a few people asked about self-care during really trying times. Right. And we know, and I've spoken about this on the podcast before, that self care, the things we do day to day, it's when things are fine, right? When life is pretty normal in the mundane, when things are going well, that's when we solidify the routine of taking care of ourselves so that when shit hits the fan, right? And life throws us this major curveball, we find ourselves in a dip something happened, we lose somebody, we get sick, we're betrayed, we experience loss, like something big, challenging, traumatic happens, then we're already in the routine of taking care of ourselves. So then we know how to reach for those tools, how to use those resources, right? If we don't have that practice when things are actually fine in our lives, it's going to be so, 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 so hard to reach for actually constructive, helpful, grounding things when things are not fine. Right? So that's why it's imperative that you practice self-care and that you anchor into these rituals when things are going well for you. And that's also when we're kind of, everything's so fine. Like, you know, I don't need to meditate every day and I'm not feeling that. Or maybe I don't need therapy right now because everything feels great. Or, you know, a lot of people, if you've been on medication or antidepressants or anything for anti-anxiety, which I know a lot of people are, and it's so helpful, can be really, really helpful. The moment you feel better, it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't need my meds anymore or actually you do, right? So just anchoring into what we need and then sticking with that when we're feeling well, right? So the whole conversation around, around medication and all of this is a whole other thing. I am super pro and always have, have been. I think in, in the wellness world, there's a lot of shame around, around antidepressants and that we shouldn't ever have to use anything chemical or any medication to feel better, but do enough yoga and drink enough green juice and you'll feel great. And that's just not the case right? It can be so helpful for so many, even for just a short period of time. So you do what you got to do to feel good, right? And then stick with that when things look up as well. And whatever practices that you have or things that you're using to feel better that are really helpful, that you do them when things are not terrible, right? 
So I've, I've, I experienced that now, you know, I did 50 days of dynamic meditation in a row, which was this totally insane and very crazy thing to do. And then I got to a place where right before this happened, it was right before we received all this hate and abuse and all this stuff started happening right before I was canceled, right? Um, I just got to a place where I, I felt like maybe this isn't serving me anymore. I'm very disciplined when I decide to do something and I can stick with something with that discipline, like, you know, but I'm an all or nothing kind of person. I have a really hard time finding the happy medium, the gray area, the in-between. So I was doing dynamic every day, come hell or high water. I was up in this room doing a whole hour of this super intense, high energy, kind of triggering, like very intense meditation practice. And around day 45, 46, I realized like, hey, is this really serving me or am I just doing it for the sake of doing it, right? Being able to say I did all these days in a row. And I realized I, I, I was doing it, I, I ended up doing them like late at night because for whatever reason it wasn't working in the morning. And then I had a hard time sleeping afterwards if I did them too late. It's something that you're really supposed to do upon rising, so in the morning. And I decided, okay, I'm just going to do the 50 days and then, then I'll, I'll do every other day. That was my thing that I told myself. And I'm going to mix this up with the Osho Kundalini meditation, which is... Uh, another one of Osho's meditation, but a very calming one, really good to settle the nervous system. It's one for the end of day. And that was my decision. Okay, I'm just going to mix this up with the Kundalini. So if I'm late in the day, I don't have to do the dynamic just for the sake of having to do it. I can do the Kundalini one. Well, guess what happened? I decided to take one day off, right? And then didn't do a single other dynamic or Kundalini all like for, for two weeks, like nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. It's really the all or nothing thing with me, right? But I had this practice, right, of being so anchored into this into this meditation that when all of this came my way, I like I want to believe that I was in a very clear space, right? I wasn't already weighed down by a million other things happening in my life or the, the traumatic things that have already come my way this this year or the changes or all of this. Like I was already processing or had processed all of that in a really constructive way so that when this whole thing happened, I was pretty, I was pretty open, right? I was pretty grounded. I was really solid. I was feeling, feeling good in my day to day. I was able to manage it. I think, I mean, I'm sitting here now talking to you. So I think that means I was able to manage it and did my first dynamic after all of this like, I don't know, a week after this happened. And then I was able to really channel all the shit I wanted to move through and do that in a really efficient way. You know, where I think normally if I didn't have the 50 days of doing that, it would be harder for me to, to move all of this through my body. So that's my, I think, number one tip for, you know, self-care during trying times is make sure you don't have to start and pick all of that up when things are hard. Because when things are hard, you know, what we reach for usually isn't the meditation and the yoga practice. What we reach for is the alcohol or the drugs, you know, the bad kind or the, the, the food or the numbing or the Netflix or the gossiping or the whatever thing, you know, doesn't actually serve us in the long run, right? And to make sure that we don't get stuck in that place of numbing ourselves, of trying to escape, we need to have those practice as a day-to-day -day thing that we do. So... I have been for the last week because I, I found intuitively what's been the most helpful for me to, to navigate this every day. It's not just the dynamic of, of emotional release and, you know, beating the living hell out of a bolster every day, but to sit in silence. Like that has been the most helpful thing for me to have those moments of silence where I get to be reminded that there is a place inside of me where everything is calm. There is a place inside of me that's unshakable, regardless of what's thrown my way from the outside world. There is a place inside of me where I know I am enough, where I know I belong here, where I know I am worthy and lovable and beautiful, a place of just deep, quiet knowing, right? That cannot be shook from anything, even, you know, 5,000 angry people who hate me, doesn't matter, right? They can't get to that place. That's my sacred space. And to get there, to feel that, I need the quiet. So what I've been doing every day for the past week is, is the Kundalini meditation. The Kundalini, um, so the Osho Kundalini meditation, it's a really particular, specific one. It's 15 minutes of shaking. 
you guys know the shaking meditation. I have a ton of them on yogagirl.com. It's one of my favorite ways to decompress after a day. So 15 minutes of shaking and then 15 minutes of dance, just ecstatic dance, move however the hell you want to move, let the body lead the way kind of dance. And then it's 15 minutes sitting in silence and then 15 minutes lying down. So it's kind of like, you know, that feeling after a long Shavasana where it's like almost like hard to open your eyes and you, you exit the shala, like oh, a little groggy, that is the feeling I have at the end of every day now. <laughs> like I'm just ready to, to have dinner and go to bed kind of, uh, which has been really, really, really helpful. Something to settle the nervous system at the end of day. You know, we need something to wake us up in the morning to get us going, like really working with the rhythms of life. I think is the rhythm of the day is really important. I've also been running a lot, strangely still running in the morning which has been, I don't know, helpful just to, to get my body moving. And I'm not really feeling a, a, like asana practice right now. I don't know why. Just the, these past few weeks, I haven't, I haven't been practicing asana so much. But running in the morning and then kundalini in the, in the afternoon, evening, that's been the thing. And then the little things of self-care every day that are just, it's kind of like brushing my teeth. You know, I do them every day without thinking about them. I don't have to make myself do them because it's just what I do every day without, without question. I wake up in the morning and I drink a liter of room temperature, like tepid water um, with a squeeze of lemon every day. First thing I do when I wake up, like I sip that water as I get Leia dressed and make her breakfast and you know, before I drink any coffee or do anything else or have breakfast, like that's the first thing I do. And for me, it's just, it's a really helpful way to start the day. My way, it feels like I, like I get to cleanse my body and reset. I get to rehydrate after not having had any water for so many hours when I was asleep. And, and that's, that's the one, you know, and then going out into the garden to water the plants, like first thing in the morning where it's, it's not too hot and um, we have a lot of hummingbirds around our house right now, tons of butterflies right now. And it's this other just quiet moment of my morning where it doesn't even, you know, it doesn't even feel like something that I have to label under a self-care practice, but it is. I'm, I, I'm really realizing it is, but it's one of those things I don't have to make myself do because it's just part of my day, right? So these things, you know, they're super small, super small things. It's not, a, not a, like drinking the water, <laughs> watering the plants moving the body, um, sitting in silence, like those things, they, they, they can be taken for granted because they're so small in the big scheme of things, but they are saving me right now. They are. And it's imperative that you find in your own life, in your own day to day, what are the practices that save you? And then don't look to start them up when things are really hard and really heavy but start them now, right? And if now for you is hard and heavy, then it's going to be more of an uphill battle to begin, but begin anyway, right? And maybe it's not, I'm going to do this hour meditation every single day. If, if meditation is new to you, it's like, hey, put a timer on your phone for 10 minutes and sit for 10 minutes and just watch your thoughts. Just notice the breath, notice what comes up in your mind and just, just be silent, right? Just that gift of being quiet, even if your mind is busy in the beginning and it will be, like that's a big thing and it's the beginning of something even bigger, right? You can do five minutes, like that's okay too. And then maybe one day after a few weeks, you feel like, hey, maybe I'll, I'll try 15 minutes today. And then maybe I'll do that in the morning and then again at night, you know, it's, it's just like anything we begin that, that works for us, that is good for us. We have to start small, get used to the idea, get used to the practice. And then before we know it, it's one of those things that's actually saving our lives, but we didn't know it when we started. As a question I got on, on Instagram was, how do we survive when we can no longer see the end of the dark tunnel that is 2020? And um, this, this is it, right? It really is this. I think not getting so stuck in, you know, when we zoom out and we look at all the terrible things that are happening and that keep happening, it's too much, you know, it's too much. So instead, getting really present in the little day-to-day -day things that bring us forward, right? It's like waking up in the morning, drinking your water, doing your yoga, staying close to your loved ones, picking up the phone to call a friend, like all those moments in your day-to-day, -day, holding on to that. And uh, something that I, that I, that I, 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 
here was like the thing I couldn't talk about yesterday. I don't know. I wanted to share about this and write about this yesterday. And then I just felt like nobody cares. So I'm not going to talk about it. And <laughs> I don't know how to find my voice back, but in moments of real anxiety, like big anxiety, you guys, you guys know when it's like it, it takes over and, and you can't think of anything else. And it's like, you can't rid yourself of that, that feeling, that anx anxiousness, what I find to be really, really, really helpful in that moment, like something practical that helps is when I completely immerse myself in something very simple. So an example of that yesterday, I felt so much anxiety. I couldn't stay in the house. It was just like, I tried to do the podcast. I couldn't talk. And I just was going round and round in my head. I took Leia. We brought the dogs to go for a walk. We went to the beach and we spent one hour one hour collecting sea glass on the beach and not just like casually talking about stuff and, and then, you know, but like intensely with a bucket scanning the beach, moving forward, you know, like a few inches at a time, like totally immersed in everything we saw in the sand, using our hands, using our eyes, using our senses, looking for sea glass. And then every time we found a piece, examining it, what's the color, what's the shape, how soft is it? deciding like what determines sea glass that's worthy of putting in the bucket and taking home, you know, how soft does it has to, does it have to be? How big does the piece have to be? And then she was loving all these little shells that she was finding. And we just spent, we spent one hour totally immersed in that one thing, right? Nothing else. And became so present in that practice. And it was also distracting, right? Because it's, it's something that you practically, practically do. It's not just sitting down trying to think about something else, but being immersed in that And then at the end of that hour, um, my anxiety was gone and not from trying to not be anxious anymore or look for, looking for something to distract me, but just by being totally present in something, anything. And whatever that is for you, right? If it's like taking out all of your arts and crafts supplies and just going bananas on a canvas to, to paint or to draw, If it's, you know, making a really epic playlist, like just the making of the playlist, I, I use Spotify for all my playlists. I have hundreds and hundreds of playlists for yoga and meditation and dance and making an epic playlist for a dance party on your own. Like what's a 20 minute, 30 minute dance party for you? What's the song you want to lead with? And then how does this song like fit really well into the next one? And what's the peak of this dance party? And then are you going to wind down after just making that playlist? Like that's really helpful for me. And then of course, having the dance party, moving your body, getting so immersed, becoming so immersed in that, that the mind just has to take the back seat, right? Another practical thing that works for me is organizing something, cleaning something out. Like I'll decide, okay, here's this closet. I'm going to begin and I'll be done when I'm done. Right. And then maybe that takes me two hours of getting everything out of the closet, sorting it into piles, deciding what stays, what goes, what's to throw away, what's to give away, folding everything and putting it back in order. Right. So those are, these are just examples, right? Gardening is another one that really works where I'm just, okay, I'm going to plant this whole box now, or I'm going to do all the weeds right now, where I'm going to fertilize right now, where I'm going to deal with the compost, anything that, uh, that requires your complete presence, that isn't you sitting, thinking about what's wrong in your life or thinking about what isn't working, just immersing yourself totally in something practical, something easy, something that you don't have to think about too much. We've been making a lot of puzzles at home, which I think actually really is a, uh, is really helpful too. We've been playing cards together, like long card games. So that is, I think right now, at least my number one tip for overcoming one of those really anxious moments and then continue to anchor into those self-care practices that really work, especially on days when you feel like you don't need them, right? Because it's the routine of it that will save you at the end of the day. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. So I, I guess a really good question around all of this and, and for, for all of us, you know, is how can we take the challenges that we are navigating in our own way? 
find some sort of learning or growth in them while at the same time holding space for the struggle that it is, right? Sometimes we are so quick to wanting to jump to getting to the growth or getting to the gratitude, right? That we almost bypass the fact that we are in this moment of pain. And if you're not feeling grateful yet, or you're not experiencing the the learnings or the growth yet, that's probably because you're not done feeling the pain yet, right? There's something inside of you that's still healing. So trying to remember the fact that, okay, at the other end of this, you know, at the end of the year or whenever this situation is over with, hopefully there will be some sort of silver lining, right? There'll be some sort of shift and change. And at the end of the day, maybe, who knows, I'll, I'll feel grateful that this happened because it put me on a path that led me somewhere totally different and wonderful, right? But not being so quick to jump to that place, right? If we're not there yet. I would love to be able to look back at this, you know, maybe this is a big sign for us that we're supposed to move somewhere else. Like there's, what if there is this fantastic opportunity for community, like we've never known it before, or some growth for our business or something beautiful for our family somewhere else. And the universe right now is really trying to nudge me to, to find that place, to, to, to move forward, to get to the next step. Right? Maybe if something bad or hard hadn't happened to us here, we would have never taken the step to actually move because we're really comfortable. right? So I would, of course, love to imagine that as, as some sort of truth, but I haven't arrived there yet. You know, So instead of rushing myself or pushing myself to get to that silver lining and feel hopeful and, and love and excitement, I think the only reason or the only answer is to continue marinating a little bit in the fact that this is still hard, right? And you're allowed to do that. There's a difference between dwelling too long in something challenging or pitying ourselves or feeling sorry for ourselves and refusing to move forward. That's not the same thing as feeling to heal, right? So we have to find that balance between, okay, am I giving myself enough space to actually process this? And when we're done with it, we'll know well, no, I can look back at, at every challenging moment in my past, you know, like there are some really big ones, you know, especially involving loss or when, when someone had, has died that I, that I struggle with every day and I will struggle with for the rest of my life. And I don't think I will ever arrive at a place where I feel grateful that that happened. Right. But I can sense a feeling of, of having found something beautiful in that pain, right? Or having experienced a change inside of me in that pain or having picked up a gift to be able to, to, to share something beautiful with other people that only happened because of that pain, right? And then there are other things where something challenging happened and I can feel totally 100% grateful and happy that that happened. For example, my burnout, which was almost two years of struggling, a year and a half of just struggling so much, feeling so terrible, having so much anxiety, being so, 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 so sick, and then making this really hard and what felt like a terrible and uh, horrible business decision of, of taking an entire year off of all groups and trainings, which is like the source of the heart of our whole business. And thanks to that, we still have a business today. If we still you know, if we had 2020 filled with programs and groups, we probably would have, would have lost the business. So yeah, <laughs> that's something where I can really easily today just sit with and go, man, am I grateful for that burnout? I learned so much about myself. I changed my whole life. And at the end of the day, it was something that saved our business. Like, yeah, I'm grateful. But most hardships, you know, they don't happen that clearly, or if they do, it takes time, it takes time. I wish, you know, a lot of people told me in the midst of all of that pain, like this is taking you somewhere. You're learning something really big. This is a whole change and shift of your lifestyle. And, and I, I couldn't feel that. I couldn't appreciate that because I was struggling and suffering every day. And now time has passed. I can see the end result and go, yeah, that's, <laughs> that was a good thing that I, that, that happened. So loving reminder to yourself to continue to be really kind and compassionate to yourself all throughout this journey, especially when you get hard on yourself or when you feel like you're unproductive or that feeling of, I should have moved on by now, right? 
I, I, I've ha- I have that thought like at least once a day, I should have moved on by now. Like, you know, stop talking about this bad thing that happened. And it's like, Hey, it's not true. I haven't moved on because I haven't moved on. My heart isn't ready to move on. Maybe next week, maybe next month, maybe next year, who knows? So really wonderful practice that I would love to, to leave you with is to take a moment to journal today on the struggles that you are experiencing right now. So not the ones from your past where you already have clarity, but right now, especially the ones that feel really muddy or confusing or like you don't know what's going on or why is this happening, just to be able to really define what actually is this struggle, right? So getting beyond and I think a little bit deeper than the material struggle that's happening in the day to day. So writing that down, you can bullet point list that if you want, right? The things I'm struggling with the most right now, maybe a bullet point list with a little bit of space for each one to really explain and go into what is that struggle, right? How did it start? What's happening in that space now? And then what is each struggle teaching me right now? Not later, not having to get to the gratitude, but in this moment now right? So an example of that is one of the struggles that I have right now, obviously, that I shared is that having to drop off Leah at school every day with her having to wear a mask, like that's a struggle for me. And then getting a little deeper, deeper into that place. What is it about that? It's not just the material logistical thing of her having to wear a mask as it's, you know, beginning and end, but why is that so challenging for me? Well, I worry about her safety, right? I worry about her, her ability to breathe, I worry about her health. I worry about her emotional development and this feeling of of connection with her peers that they can't see each other's faces. I worry she's going to feel isolated or scared. Um, You know, I have all of these worries that goes into that struggle, right? So just sitting down for me to write that down and kind of dissecting them a little bit, identifying them. Okay, one is I worry about her safety. I worry about her health. The other one is I worry about her being fearful. I worry about her feeling disconnected or isolated. And then I worry about the future for for all of our kids. Like, are we going to be in plastic bubbles in school for the rest of for the rest of their lives? And then there's like a bigger fear to that as well. And just writing them down can give me a little bit of perspective, right? What's the most urgent one for me? What's the one that makes me feel the most emotional? And then in that struggle, what is it teaching me right now, right? Maybe in a year, I'll look back at this and go, huh, that happened for, for, for a big reason That's that, that, that I now can be grateful for. I don't know. But right now, what is that teaching me? Okay, it's teaching me to lean into trust, right? Trusting in her teachers, trusting in her new school, that if she's experiencing any kind of discomfort, that they'll, they'll help her trusting that she's safe there. It's also teaching me to navigate within myself that feeling of not being safe, right? Because of course, all those feelings that I have around my daughter are feelings that I have within myself already now. You know, when you squeeze an orange, orange juice comes out. When I feel pressured, I suddenly feel unsafe. It's because already there's that feeling of, of, of lacking safety within me in my life, right? So it's teaching me that to lean into safety and to trust It's also helping me navigate my core values, you know, identifying the fact that, hey, like emotional connection for my daughter in whatever, you know, part of community she's in, if it's in school or with friends, is a really important thing. Knowing that she can actually be intimate and close with other people and, and, and have fun and that development is really, 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 really important. And that teaches me a lot about what kind of community I want for my family right? It's like bringing about conversations with my husband that I didn't used to have before, right? So it's teaching me more about what's really important in terms of how we live, where we live, what's, what to look for, you know, if it's time for us to move and be somewhere else. So this is just an example, right? But same thing with this whole big issue with all this harassment that we received, okay, or that came our way. What, that is a huge struggle. What is it teaching me right now? Well, it's teaching me to sit with my own discomfort, it's bringing me to this real intimacy with myself, right? It's showing me all the, the shame, the humiliation, the embarrassment that maybe I've carried within me for a lot of different things my entire life. 
It's also making me think about my future in a way that I haven't for a long time. It's opening and widening my horizons when it comes to what will our lives look like in five years. You know, I didn't used to think in that way. So writing this down for yourself, identifying your struggles, dissecting what about each struggle is it that actually challenges you, that's actually really hard, that's bringing about anxiety or fear or pain. And then in this moment now, before you arrive to gratitude and clarity, what is each struggle bringing you, teaching you, showing you? Just to to be able to get a little bit of perspective and to be reminded of the fact that even when things are heavy and hard, there's something purposeful in that here now to not have to wait for everything to make sense. But even in the confusion, right, there is something that's shifting in a good way in the hard stuff. And if doing a practice like this helps remind you even for just a moment that all of this, you know, where you found yourself in this moment here now, it's bringing you closer to yourself, right? At the end of the day, even when things are terrible and horrible, you know, we can choose to stay numb or we can choose to get more intimate with ourselves, with our pain, with our emotions, with our own journey. And that is always going to be a gift. So I want to thank you so much for tuning in to this, to this podcast with me today. I actually feel pretty good right now. Like I was able to tap into a place of, of some sort of truth inside of myself. So thanks for your patience. I was going to say wishing you a good week. I feel like it's hard to wish everybody a good week. So I'm wishing you a week, <laughs> wishing you a present week, right? Wishing you a week where you feel as grounded as you can in these really challenging times. Just remember that every day you wake up in the morning and you're doing the best you can. Whatever that looks like today, you're doing the best you can. Thank you so much. The Yoga Girl podcast will be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. You can find all of them on yogagirl.com, on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you normally get your shows. Don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week. <laughs>